You're listening to the New Life Church Podcast, where we are passionate about helping you connect to your God-given purpose. To learn more about New Life Church, including our service times in Canton, Georgia, visit us online at newlifecanton.com. Just for the next few minutes, I want to speak around a question. And the question is, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? Not physically, obviously, I'm talking metaphorically. In a few minutes, maybe there's going to be a chicken wing in your hand, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a metaphorical thing. I'm asking you, what has God given you? What has He put in your hand? What has He made available to use for Him? It could be your time. Maybe it's your finances, your money, or your talent, your passion, what you're passionate about, what you're good at. If you're like me, that's a pretty easy question to answer because I don't have a whole lot of all, any of that. Anybody else? I've got a little bit of all of those things, but I don't have a huge amount of any of those things, but that's okay. The amount of what I have is not what God's worry about. Somebody, somebody say Amen. The amount is not, and as a matter of fact, God is not concerned about the amount at all. He's not up in heaven wringing his hands, worried about how much you have or how little you have. He's not going to pass you by and not use you because you don't have enough. Somebody say amen. That is good. (laughs) Well, bless the Lord. The iPad decided to just go blank with the heat too, so it, it had a little problem too. But you know what that tells me? God has something different. God has something different. I need somebody to grab me a real Bible really quick from my study. You can grab it, an NIV if you can find it, or just anything. That'd be great. It doesn't matter. I'll use, I'll even do King James if I have to. Is it King James? It is. Anybody got an NIV? (laughs) Right there, right there. (laughs) I was kidding. Small print, thank you very much. This is a Bible. This is... Lord, have mercy. I feel like I'm on a mission trip today. Because this, this is normal if you go on the... Anybody been on the mission field? The only thing you know for sure about mission trips is it's not going to go as planned. That's the only thing you know. John chapter 6, what I just said was it doesn't, God is not worried about the amount that you have. All he's concerned, listen to me, all he's concerned about is your willingness to relinquish control of what you have over to him. Let me say it again. He's not worried about how much you have. What he's he's concerned and thinking about and interested in is, are you willing to relinquish control, surrender it? Because that's the key. And boy, that's hard for some of us Americans, isn't it? We want ours. We've worked hard for it. We want to keep it. We want to keep it for us four and no more. That's kind of the attitude, very independent. And so when, but the problem is that's not the kingdom. That's not the way the kingdom of God works. And God is saying, are you willing to surrender what you have to me? Because let me tell you something, he can do more with the little that I have in his hand than I ever could in mine. Come on, give him praise. So that's what our story is about. 
I'm in John chapter 6. We're continuing our series in the book of John. And didn't Miss Kathy do a great job last week for Mother's Day? Didn't she do great? Even if the jokes were at my expense, I'm okay with that. All right, let's look at John 6, beginning with verse 1. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. By the way, when it says the sea, it's not an ocean. The Sea of Galilee was a freshwater lake, is still a freshwater lake that you can go to today. I've been there several times. It's beautiful. And a great crowd of the people followed him because they saw the signs that he had performed by healing the sick. So it was a lake. They saw Jesus get in a boat with his disciples and go to the other side. And because he was a healer, because he had done the miracles, they just went like a herd all the way around the lake and found him again. And they were doing that because of the miracles. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with the disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. So listen, folks, Jesus wasn't trying to become famous as a preacher. Jesus was not planning an event like this. He just wanted some time with his guys. He was just trying to get away and pour into these 12 apostles, these 12 disciples, and it wasn't going to happen today. It wasn't going to happen that day. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Philip lived in the vicinity, Jesus asked him, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him. Everybody say test him. Only to test him because he already had in mind what he was going to do. Now, does that seem cruel to you? I'm, I'm not, a, not a trick question. It's like, Jesus, really? You already know that you're going to... This is the, the, the feeding of the 5,000. That's the story. You, he already knew he was going to do the miracle. Isn't it a little bit cruel to like put Philip on the spot and be like, where can we go buy bread? Is anybody feeling that? I mean, I'm an administrator. I want to know how it's going to be done. Anybody feel my pain? I mean, that, I'm like, what, really? So, verse 7, Philip answered him, it would take more than a half a year's wages for anybody to just get one bite. So in our vernacular... Philip is saying, Lord, it would take like 25 to 30 grand just to feed everybody one bite. Now, Kathy and I did our, our wedding for our oldest daughter last July, and we paid for 80 people to eat. 80 people to eat. So if Philip could have fed 5,000 plus women and children for 25 grand, that would have been the miracle. Somebody say amen. How many have done weddings? Come on, men. Yep, yep, yep. All right. It would take a half a year's wage to buy that. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He spoke up. <laughs> and he said, before I get to the punchline here, I, I just remembered something from my notes. Y'all, I'm getting old. I need my notes, okay? But I remembered something. How many believe that God still tests our faith. That was kind of a... How many believe it? He does. And it does seem like unfair at times. But was Jesus not their teacher? Hey kids, when you're in class, what does the teacher do to make sure you get the stuff? They test you. They test you. 
So is it that unreasonable that Jesus would have tested his disciples or test us? Then you might say, oh, but Jesus is God. So he already knew. But see, tests are not just for the teacher. They are for the student as well. Because when we are tested, then we truly know what we have and what we don't have. Somebody say amen. And so that was a test of the faith. That's why uh, James says in James 1, he says, Consider it all joy when you, test, when, you, when you face trials of many kinds because you know the what? Our word. The testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance. How many know we need a little perseverance in the day and time that we live? So yes, God still, in His sovereignty and in His grace, allows tests to come our way to build our faith, to build our spiritual growth. I'm glad I remember that. It was like a huge part of the sermon. Verse 8, another of His disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and he says, Here is a boy. Here is a boy. Everybody say, here is a boy. Here is a boy. And he's got five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far could that go among so many? Now, I've preached this a hundred... How many have heard this story so many times? Even if you didn't grow up in church, you've heard the feeding of the 5,000. You've heard the, the little boy and the loaves and the fishes and all of that. I've read this so many times, but I've never thought about it this way. Listen to me now. This is kind of the big, the big thing. Andrew wouldn't have known about the boy if the boy had not made himself known. Andrew wouldn't have known about the boy if the boy had not made himself known. One of you boys come up here, help me real quick. Just jump up. Just jump up. Yeah, you. Come on. Just one of you. All right. Come up here. Oh, there's no steps. Come around to the steps over there. Give him a hand, ladies and gentlemen. Guess what? You are my sermon illustration. Do you know what that is? You don't have to. That's the beauty of it. You just have to be the boy. Okay. That's all you have to be. Here is a boy. The boy, Andrew would have never known about the boy if the boy had not made himself known. Now, how many know that among 5,000, probably more like 15,000 with women and children, that there were some adults there that had more than the boy? Come on, the disciples probably had more with them than the boy, but they weren't even willing to speak up because they didn't think they had enough. But the boy made a decision. Come on, somebody. The boy made a decision to push through the crowd and say, it's not much, but what I have, I will put in the hands of Jesus and trust Him. Do you know? You, you can still just be the boy. You're good. You're doing great. Do you know that Jesus never asked how much it would cost? He said, where can we buy it? He never asked Philip how much it is. But Philip's mind immediately went to money. Does that ring the bell with anybody else? It does me. 
Because I'm an administrator. I want to know dot, dot, dot. I want to know how we're going to accomplish this. I want to know how much it's going to cost. But see, we get so overwhelmed with these things that are so big to us, but they're nothing to Jesus. He can do all things exceedingly and abundantly above. Come on. But we have to trust Him and make a decision. And that boy pushed through and he said, it's not much, but what I have in my hand I will give you. You're doing a great job being the boy. Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass and they sat down, about 5,000 men. Scholars believe 15,000 probably were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. And if you read on, you'll find out there was even leftovers. There was a boy willing to step up and make himself known. Listen to me. We tie God's hands. We tie God's hands just by not being willing to step up and offer what we do have. Let me ask you one more time. What is in your hand? If it's not much, I have great news for you. Come on. It's the perfect amount in the hands of Jesus. Because he will multiply. You know what the secret is to blessing? The secret is to success. The secret is to increase in the spirit. It's not by holding on to things. It's by putting them in the hands of Jesus. Give him praise today right now. Come on. Well, bless the Lord. Thank you, buddy. Give our, give our illustration a hand. Good job. Great job. We're going to baptize him in a minute. Please bow your heads. If you were challenged and are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you find us. To experience other messages, videos, and live events, visit us online at newlifecanton.com. And again, Thank you for listening to the New Life Church Podcast.